0: Welcome to The Podcaster's Life, a meta-podcast about the lives and journeys of podcast hosts, creators, and producers. Get your inspiration here from fellow podcasters. Listen to their stories, struggles, and successes. And now, the man dedicated to keeping you recording or finally getting your podcast off the ground, the podcaster's coach, Alexander Lauren.
1: Hey. Thank you for downloading or streaming the show. I am extremely grateful that you are including me in your day. I hope you can pick something up from the show that will be of use. I've been thinking a lot about balance lately. Henneca Watkis porter who was on the show yesterday, she really challenged me. And by the way, The audio that I uploaded to Spreaker somehow became corrupted and only half the show was published. I replaced it, so please go back and get the full show. It's 31 minutes of podcasting goodness. (laughs) Our interview, it was conducted more than a week ago, so I had all that time to think about her words. She called the word balance in the context of balance in life, as a misnomer. So this means that the word balance in having balance in life is an inaccurate use of the word. And I just loved her answer. And I loved that she challenged me to think and reflect on it. She doesn't want balance. She wants to be dynamic. She wants to be moving. And I do too. Count me in. Have you thought about the words that you use? I always find this really interesting. We accept words without much challenge, and we incorporate them in our lives, don't we? Do you, listener? I think I seem to. I toiled with balance for over a week, and it took me that amount of time to draw a final conclusion on it. So I am going to have my cake and eat it on this one. I would like to have balance in my life, but I will also be dynamic, not static, and I'm going to be moving forward. How? By a wheel. A wheel of life. Have you ever heard of a wheel of life? It's, it's absolutely gold <laughs> for the life coaching community. Essentially, it's a wheel, or you can also see it as a pizza pie. Divided in a bunch of slices, each slice represents an area of your life. For example, health, relationships, work, family, career, spiritual, finances, podcast. Yes, I said podcast. I'm, wor- I'm working. I'm actually working on my own podcast wheel of life to break it down even further. And maybe I'll, maybe I can share that with you tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, wheel of life. Your standard wheel of life. So picture this, you got this wheel divided into slices and at the center of the wheel is a zero and at the top of the slices, at the individual slices, it's a 10. So what you do is you take each area, you know, health, relationships, work, family, career, spiritual, finances, podcast, you take each area and on a scale of one to 10, you rate your level of satisfaction. On a scale of one to ten. And you put a you put a, a point, just mark it, bang. You take each score and you connect them by dots until you've have made yourself a circle or a wheel. The big questions are what does your wheel look like? Can it roll smoothly? Does it look good? Is it is it out of whack? You know, on the surface. What what is this telling you? Where do you need to invest some time and effort in order to have a nice looking wheel? Maybe that's where you need to focus to find more balance in your life. And if you have balance in your life, your wheel is smooth and you can move along nicely. I gotta tell you, I absolutely love this stuff. I love it. If you go to podcasterscoach.com forward slash W-O-L, I'll say that again, podcasterscoach.com forward slash W-O-L, you can download a sample, Wheel of Life, and go over it yourself. Or you can connect with me, I can go over it with you. Download it, make out your scores, take a look at your wheel, and determine if there is something that you need or want to do about it. Ultimately, this can turn out to be a great way to start goal setting. I love it. I just love it. Okay, so on today's program, I am joined by Gordon Firemark, a veteran podcaster since 2008. That's right, 2008. Let's get to it.
0: Hello. Alexander is the podcaster's coach. Quick disclaimer, a professional life coach does not give advice in a co-creative coaching relationship. He is the host and speaker of this podcast, but he's not actively coaching. This discussion does not reflect an actual coaching conversation. If you are interested in coaching, please visit his website, podcasterscoach.com, and you will find everything you need to know about coaching. Enjoy the interview.
1: Firemark is a Los Angeles based entertainment and media lawyer, an educator, and yes, a podcaster. His flagship podcast is called Entertainment Law Update, which has been released monthly since 2008. He has two other podcasts, Entertainment Industry Insights and the Law Podcasting Podcast. Gordon is a podcasting evangelist working to convince other lawyers and professionals of the value of this wonderful medium. In fact, one of his online courses teaches lawyers how to podcast as a marketing strategy for their practices without running afoul of legal ethics and advertising rules. Welcome to the show, Gordon.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: I'm uh, wondering, do you often have to twist a lawyer's arm into convincing them that podcasting is wonderful and amazing?
2: I would say that about half of the lawyers I talk to think that podcasting is, they, they either don't know what it is at all, or they can't imagine how it would be good for them. And I have some persuading to do. And the other half realize that, you know, getting out in the media and having control of media yourself is a great way to market a practice. <laughs> so it's really a, a mixed bag.
1: Tell us a little bit about your life, Gordon, anything you want, your your family, your practice, anything, go for it.
2: Well, I am a family man, and I put family first most of the time. Uh, although I'm not sure my family would agree, I um, I have a, a wife and three young kids. The oldest is nine, and then there's a seven year old and a four year old. Oh. So uh, life is pretty chaotic. But um, and I practice law from my home. Basically, I, mean, I have a, I have an office in Westwood near UCLA here in LA, and uh, uh, but I live about an hour in good traffic i live an hour from there so i go into the office pretty rarely most of the time i sit uh, at the desk i'm sitting at now here in my home office and uh uh crank out the work uh, while the kids are at school and and whatever and then when they get home in the afternoon i sort of take my take my opportunity to leave the house hit the library hit the coffee shop or something like that and get the thinking part of things done and maybe a little bit of writing and stuff like that um and that this this setup sort of allows me to be at home uh, for dinner times and bedtimes and uh, there are not aren't a lot of lawyers who can say that, that they're regularly home for dinner and bed when the kids are young and uh, so I can I count my blessings I consider myself extraordinarily lucky that I've been able to craft a lifestyle that allows me to do this my work itself is um, you know a broad-based practice of entertainment law which means I represent you know both the business side the producers production companies you know various vendors as well as the creatives, the writers, directors, playwrights, uh, uh, actors, you know, those kinds of folks in, in the entertainment industries, uh, theater, film, television, and new media stuff. And I do a lot of work with podcasters as well.
1: Nine-year-old, seven-year-old, four-year-old. I have boy, a- boy. 11, nine, and five, and they just started school on Tuesday. I, ah. I think you were started probably a little earlier, I think, in the States. H- how did you feel when they went back to school?
2: um mostly relieved i actually had a pretty relaxed summer because my wife took the kids so so, uh, historically the month of july has been my craziest busy month because that's when films are a lot of films are in production a lot of plays are getting ready for launching or or in production and so it gets very intense from my work during july and so my wife sort of saw the writing on the wall and said i'm going to take the kids to visit my family in texas um you don't want to go do you <laughs> so she got in the car and they they took a road trip and had a huge adventure and i had the house and and everything oh. to myself for three solid weeks in july and then they come came back and almost immediately went back to school it's actually been pretty and, and my summer didn't turn out to be as hectic as they often do so um and again i'm counting my blessings it was a good a good summer but um yeah a little relieved that they're back to school and uh, um um yeah, it's it's all good. I
1: could see that having three weeks off of the children, it's uh, you get different emotions. One, you miss them, but at the same time, it's like, wow, I'm free. I can do anything
2: mm-hmm. I want. Yeah, you know, when you're a parent, you no longer have full control over your own schedule. You know, you have to be there when the kids are in the house, and you have to feed them. You know, yeah. so it used to be, I remember, you know, I used to love just uh, at the drop of a hat, hey, I'm going to go to a movie or something like that. You can't do that when you got kids. Oh. So, um, uh, yeah, think it was a nice few weeks of 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 change of pace.
1: Now you have three podcasts going on. How do you how do you manage? How do you manage
2: to do three? Well, I think that assumes that I actually do manage it, and and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's really true. So the main podcast, Entertainment Law Update, is a monthly roundup of legal news, and it's sort of the the most labor intensive one of them. Uh, and I have a team of of law students who help me. Uh, identify the news items and and we have a monthly a weekly meeting uh, online and uh, they sort of pitch me the stories and we figure out which ones will make it into the show and then they go off and write summaries and my co-host and I then do the show from those summaries uh once a month excuse me over a Skype call and uh and so that, you know, it isn't that labor intensive. I do the, uh, you know, we don't do any real editing. We we've managed to get it down to a science. So I play the music cues live and we, you know, straight to drive and then upload and and we're up in about 15 minutes after we finish recording. Um and then I have a virtual assistant who does show notes and things like that. So a lot of it has been delegated. The other shows uh are are interview format and they are um I also try to do the live to drive without any post-production and uh so the the hard work there is scheduling the interviews and prepping for the interviews and that's something that sometimes i don't get to it and so um both shows have been on hiatus for a while and i'm bringing one of them back uh later this year i hope i'm rounding up guests now and uh, the law podcasting podcast it may it may be sort of done I, i may interview a few more lawyers who podcast but I've got 60 some episodes and that was intended as social proof for my course Power Podcasting for Lawyers where I teach lawyers how to how to use podcasting as a marketing tool.
1: When you have a, a couple of podcasts that are on hiatus what is it does that do anything to you emotionally is does that like is it in the back of your mind and it's I don't know if it's a burden <laughs> or makes you unhappy or you feel compelled that you need to do something
2: uh yeah. The guilt is there, especially because I have in my, my calendar and reminder system every Monday a tickler that says, record your podcast episode, <laughs> you know, um, and schedule the next one. And and that's sort of how I've done it is I've sort of set reminders so that as I record one, I'm also scheduling the next and, and prepping for the next and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so the, the reminder pops up and I have a moment of guilt and then I dismiss it and, and move on with my life.
1: <laughs> 2008, you started. Yeah podcasting what was that like in 2008 in what was a big challenge to get started
2: i'll tell you my first experience as a podcaster uh, as a with podcasting uh, on the on the outbound end of podcasting was actually earlier than that in about 2006 this fellow uh invited me to come on as a guest on his show about digital video to um answer legal questions and so on and we started doing that every couple of weeks he would have his audience submit questions and He would throw the questions at me and i would answer them and that that got to be a lot of fun uh his situation changed and and i was and we weren't able to continue that show because of his job uh uh, obligations and i sort of felt the void so that's why i 2008 um we moved into this house and my my first son was about to be born and i realized i was missing something and i was going to be home more so i thought okay i'll uh i'll start my podcast and yeah, back then it was not easy. You know, you, you sort of had to, had to patch things together to make it all work. Uh, and uh, my, I remember my RSS feed at first was, was hand-coded. Oh. And uh, uh, I quickly got out of that and started using WordPress and plugins and things like that to make that work. But um, for me, having been a sound guy before I went to law school, um, gave me the understanding of audio, the understanding of how to edit audio. Uh, and how to connect everything up and get sound into the computer and those kinds of things. So it wasn't that challenging. Uh, But boy, back then, it it was a lot harder than it is now.
1: Did you say the word void? There was a little void? There was something missing?
2: Uh, Yeah, I felt the absence of of something. I want to hear my own voice more often.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. okay. I'm not shy to say I love listening to myself. (laughs) I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little narcissist piece of us.
2: We'll we'll combine that with a lawyer and we're all a little bit narcissistic.
1: (laughs) Did you find that it fulfilled that need of what was missing?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, part of it is for me, uh, what I've discovered is that I really have a love for teaching. Mm. And um, the podcast is a, is a great channel for sharing my knowledge and sharing the expertise, which is good for me. It's good for my ego, right? (laughs) You know, it builds me up. It, It positions me as an authority with my audience and, and, you know, my audience of this show, to be really honest, were not, um, I wasn't very calculated about it. And so strategically, I chose to do a show that really mainly appeals to other lawyers who are my competition, but they also refer business. And, and, you know, many, that's how most lawyers get most of their work is from referrals. And so, um, by being out there and teaching other lawyers and sharing this knowledge and information and, um, making it digestible and consumable, I'm, I'm, stimulating that and getting the referral. So, so yeah, it's, it's an opportunity to teach.
1: Okay. So you started in 2008, the years have gone on. Do you have, has it worked out the way you thought it would work out?
2: Well, like I said, I, I wasn't thinking strategically about it when I started it. And if I had, I might have done a client facing rather than attorney facing show. Um, so it's been good for me, but it hasn't been the direct stimulus of, of new business from clients. And that's what the Entertainment Industry Insights podcast uh, that came along later is and was about. And, and that's why I'm relaunching it soon, because I realized that there's an opportunity that I'm missing there right now to to speak directly to folks who would want to hire a lawyer, need to hire a lawyer. And if I can show them the reasons why and why I'm the right lawyer for them, then then that's great. Um but other than that, I mean, it's, it's allowed me to foster some amazing relationships. It's given me some great opportunities by doing Entertainment Law Update. I've been invited to speak at bar associations all over the country. Um, I've made friendships with listeners from all over the place, as well as my co-host who's in Texas, who, you know, I'd never met before we started doing our show together. Uh, I actually found her on Twitter by just asking, hey, who would be a good, I'm looking for a woman who practices entertainment law somewhere outside California, so I wasn't you know having a, a competitor be on my show as a co-host and um uh, you know unanimously the lawyers on twitter all said oh you got to talk to tamar Bennett." It. so it was great
1: have you have you learned anything about yourself since you you've gone behind the mic
2: well certainly that i love my own voice and uh, that i like teaching um and yeah yeah that i that i sort of have an aptitude for this stuff um uh, i guess i sort of knew that already but I learned something else about myself. Well, that I prefer this stuff to some of the more mundane parts of being a lawyer, frankly.
1: What's been your biggest success as a podcaster?
2: My biggest success? That's a hard question. Um,
1: Is there a moment that you've been really proud of?
2: Well, certainly doing the, sh- the podcast live in front of an audience at the, at the uh, Texas Bar Association Entertainment Law Section uh, last November was a real highlight for me. Um, and, and frankly, just the fun of organizing all the tech to make that happen was a lot of fun as well. Uh, I'd say that's a big highlight. And and you know what's really cool is just I'll go to conferences or events and things, and people will know who I am, uh, walk up to me. I listen to your show; I love it. Uh, actually, earlier, just earlier this week, uh, a, a relatively new client of mine who's a you know fairly decent celebrity. Uh, mentioned to me that she found my podcast and listened and was really impressed and you know i was already her lawyer but now she's impressed <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a nice thing to have someone famous tell me that uh, that i'm doing a good thing that, that felt really good
1: i'm assuming that you've had some struggles uh, in your podcasting career is there anything that you would like to share and and perhaps how you overcame a struggle
2: well the, you know the tech struggles are always there and the and the forgetting to press record or having, I had, uh, actually the last episode of entertainment law Day we had to record it two days in a row because the first day for some reason, the, uh, the recorder just didn't record. And, um, turns out the card was full or something like that. And I should have just been more on top of that. Uh, but the bigger sort of internal, emotional, personal kind of psychological struggle has been with, um, asking guests to come on the show. um, when I want to have somebody who is, you know, a real mover and shaker, a leader in the entertainment industry, that's the, the nature of my shows. Um, when I want to have that big name guest and, and approaching them, it's, I'm just shy about it. You know, it's just, you know, why should they come on my show? And uh, the only solution is just to do it and ask and, um, you know, just just keep, as they say, there's a lot of fish in the sea, just keep dropping the line in the water and, and you'll hook some and uh uh getting over my myself and my concerns and there's a little bit of that imposter syndrome that goes on yeah. you know you just feel like uh who am i to be having this show and talking to these people about these kinds of issues and you know once once i'm actually doing the recording it's fine i always i tend to over prepare my wife is always commenting that you know the night before uh, an interview i'll stay up all night to to read up and catch up on things uh or if i'm doing a presentation you know i, I Prepare twice as much as I need to. <laughs> Those guys. Yeah. And, but so that's part of my solution too, is just going in feeling really prepared.
1: Being prepared is uh, enhances your confidence.
2: Yeah. It's, it's funny. I have a partner in a venture and he is exactly the other way. He loves to just fly by the seat of his pants. And so I want a big detailed outline when we're going to do something and he wants to just go with it. <laughs> and uh, I think we're both good for each other in that way.
1: How would you like people to feel after they've listened to your show?
2: Well informed yeah I want them to to have a better understanding of the tricky legal issues that go on uh, or, or or you know or just whatever the issue I'm talking about depending on the show and um, and really feel like they've gotten value from spending an hour with me or half an hour whatever.
1: I know you've touched upon the technology, but do you have any other advice for even to say a veteran podcaster like yourself?
2: Advice for a veteran podcaster is don't get complacent and don't get too comfortable. Always be willing to, you know, experiment to move things to the next level. Obviously, stay with what works, but, you know, take a chance once in a while and try something a little different. Shake up your format a little bit, you know, um, or reach for the stars when, you know, get try to get a higher level guest than you might ordinarily go for something like that. Uh, You'd be surprised with the results.
1: Gordon, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell the listener how they could hear your show and, and how they can connect with you.
2: Well, my show, my main website is firemark.com. Thank you. Um, and that is, you know, the law firm website. The, um, the podcast episodes get po- get posted on the main website. But the main show, Entertainment Law Update, is at entertainmentlawupdate.com. And, uh, yeah, please give me a listen. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to think, have to say. And can I mention my book? You can please do. <laughs> okay, so if you are a podcaster and you are you're curious about the legal issues that arise in this space, let's face it we're we're in a business now. Podcasting is no longer just a hobby, and it's even if you are a hobbyist, you're you're engaging in something that many view as a business. Uh, you're using content. You're you're uh, uh, operating in a space where people have intellectual property and other rights and so on. I wrote the book on, uh, on the law of podcasting. It's called the podcast blog and new media producers, legal survival guide. And, uh, it's available at podcastlawbook.com.
1: I'm assuming you talk about music.
2: Yes. We talk a lot about music rights and copyright and trademarks and all kinds of other stuff. Defamation rights, privacy, publicity, those kinds of things.
1: Okay. I'll keep you on for just a little bit longer. How about your course? Can you tell us about your course?
2: So Power Podcasting for Lawyers is mainly targeted, I mean, any professional will benefit from this, but uh, it is a uh, soup to nuts uh, explanation of how to, you know, how to think through and prepare to to create a podcast, to create it and record your first episodes, launch it and get it published. It's at uh, lawpodcasting.com. We're currently not open right now, but it's coming soon. So uh, if you hop on over there, you can get on the mailing list uh, or the, the wait list. And uh, we'll be in touch very soon when we, when we relaunch the course.
1: Right on. Gordon, thanks again. Have a wonderful
2: day. Thank you so much, Alex. Nice to be here.
1: Hey, thanks again, Gordon. It was very kind of you to offer your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Podcaster, listener, have yourself a wonderful day and take the very best of care. Goodbye for now.
0: certified life coach and the world's first authentic podcasters coach he coaches podcasters and supports them in their life and media journey as a consultant he specializes in helping inspiring podcasters get their program started as a hobby a legacy or for business to reach him contact alexander via email at alexander at podcasterscoach.com thank you for listening till next time
1: International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag internationalpodcastday to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts.